morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you all, and welcome to episode 5 of Divine Interventions. I am your host, and we are back again for the first time since March of this year. Now, I've had a lot of stuff going on since COVID started. I'm sure everybody has. I've been working from home for eight months. I moved into my own place back in May, and that's going pretty well. So it's just me and Kirk in peace and quiet, and I have a great view of the sunrise every day. But before we get started, we all know what an absolute mess this year has been. Let's face it, if 2020 was a bath bomb, it would be a toaster, plain and simple. But on that note, to start off with something semi-lighthearted and semi-cheerful, I want to thank everybody who supports the Twitch channel for their amazing, amazing support. Especially over the time that we've been playing Ark Survival Evolved on stream for the past couple weeks. You guys are absolutely amazing. And, and some of those long nights are 10 to 11 hours of just playing games. And you guys are in chat and cheering and subbing and following. You guys are all awesome. If you are listening to this podcast and you are a supporter of the Twitch channel... You guys are fucking legends, and I'm hoping to expand your rewards, essentially, for supporting the Twitch channel very soon. We've had, again, long but productive streams, far off the mark from where we want, but progress is progress. So, again, I do have to thank all of you guys, if you are listening and you support the Twitch channel, you're all fucking legends, and I cannot thank you enough for your everlasting support. Um... As we are in the first week of November here, um, it's very possible that we'll be changing schedules slightly into 2021. We'll see. The year's not over yet, but uh, we'll see going forward. I've been streaming a ton of Sea of Thieves this year, as well as Ark Survival Evolved. Um, In Sea of Thieves, uh, we grinded out 240 wins in Arena in a few weeks, which was hell, hell, and more hell. Um, At one point, there was a bug that was causing the turn-in point to not have any hit registration. So if you were on the turn-in point trying to shoot somebody in the water, your hit wouldn't register. If you were in the water trying to shoot somebody on the turn-in point, your hit wouldn't register. That was about 95% of the time. Thankfully, since then, that's been fixed. That was fixed a couple months ago, only after we hit the 240 wins. Typical, but we still got the legendary weapons, and that's what I was going for, so that is pretty awesome. Uh, Another bug was that if the ship's didn't have a crew, essentially. The the ships would stay up. They wouldn't immediately scuttle. That was also taken care of. Sea of Thieves has a lot of problems and a lot of bugs that they need to address in just one patch, but I still love the game. There's no doubt about that in my mind whatsoever. I still do love it, but there is some shit they need to fix. In terms of ARC, uh, we've started up our own PvE server again. Previously, we were on... Well, actually, we started on Velguero for a very, very brief moment in time, and then we switched over to the center. Now we're back on Velguero, and we actually have a cluster server on the Aberration map DLC as well. So uh, a community base has been built on the Aberration map. We'll kind of be going back and forth, doing some more things, doing some more tamings, bringing dinos back and forth between the realms. I'm going to call them realms, worlds, servers, etc. It is PvE. I'm not sure how far we're going to essentially open the ability to join, because it's just kind of... uh, 
people in our close circles, so to speak. Um, I do have somebody else who's going to be joining the server with us because he's been watching me play the game. He's a coworker of mine, so there's that. And uh, yeah, working from home for eight months has been as boring as you guys could all think. I'm sure some of you guys are probably working from home as well. Thankfully, my best friend in the entire world, the most valuable bitch, as she's known in my Discord, that was her requested title, not my idea, um, is coming out. And I am super excited. It's going to be an absolute blast. But before that happens, uh, we'll talk about some other technology and stuff. And we might actually have a special live stream with her as well during the week of Thanksgiving, guys. I don't know exactly what day. It's not going to be Thanksgiving night. It's going to be before, either Tuesday or Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I will keep you guys updated in the Discord. Um, It is now No Shave November, so for all of my bearded brothers, embrace the beard, embrace the stash, let it grow. No Shave November. Be loyal to it. I am. (laughs) Um, For TV shows, which I was going to talk about, I've been watching Lost on Hulu, and it's actually very good. I'm only about, I think I'm on episode 17 of season 2. Still very good so far. Uh, My brother was watching it years and years and years ago when it first came out. I don't think he finished the entire thing, but I decided to sign up for Hulu in order to watch Rick and Morty, which I'll be watching more of. And I saw Lost and was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's let's watch this. We'll see. We'll see what we got. So very good so far. In terms of another TV show, I'm probably going to start watching The Clone Wars on Disney Plus because there is just so much in there that I need to know. I actually am very curious to see what they've done with the animated series because a lot of people have really, really, really enjoyed it. We're like seven seasons in. So people have really liked the Clone Wars. I've heard everybody saying that. Part of uh, Star Wars groups on Facebook, they all say it's just great, so I'm probably going to start watching that. Let's go ahead and get into a little bit of technology first, and then we'll go ahead and go on to some other things. So, as everyone in the entire world knows, as they do every year as part of their yearly ritual, so to speak, um, Apple went ahead and released their new lineup of iPhones, again, as they do every year. Um, Since I'm a part of Verizon's upgrade program, I went ahead and ordered a new one. Now, listen, I asked, I get asked pretty frequently as to why I upgrade every year. And quite frankly, it's for a couple of reasons. It's because A, I can. B, I always like to have the newest one. And C, it's those damn cameras. I take a metric shit ton of photos and videos with my phone. Those can either be of my dog, my PC setup, the mountains, my friends, photo shoots. Again, as I said, all of those are done on mobile that we do. At least her and I specifically because we don't use another camera because it's very easy to edit them on iPhone. But the big new deal about the new one, and again, I realize that upgrading from a 12 Pro, or sorry, from 11 Pro Max to a 12 Pro Max is absolutely unnecessary. But again, I can, so I will. Anyways, this new one can record in Dolby Vision. No, 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 no. That's absolutely incredible, no matter which way you look at it, because Dolby Vision isn't just HDR, because instead it uses what they call dynamic metadata to tone map the image on a scene-by-scene or a frame-by-frame basis. This brings out all the colors and all the details. And obviously you can't take full advantage of viewing HDR footage without an HDR-compatible display, which the iPhones do. But this is a massive leap forward when it comes to computational photography, especially computational photography that you can fit in your pocket or in your purse. 
Now, if you guys have seen my YouTube channel, if you've uh, scrolled through it on a couple occasions, I have a full playlist of cinematic Minecraft videos that I've made over the years. And the very first one, I believe was 2011, 2012, maybe 2013, somewhere around there. And it was essentially a trailer for a server that uh, I had uh, been hosting with a couple friends of mine. Um, the server did last quite some time, and then we did a second essentially a, a second version of that server later on. But all of those cinematics were actually made and edited by yours truly. So cinematography has always kind of been a little bit of a, a favorite for me. I wouldn't say it's a hobby, but I really, really loved making those videos, editing them, making sure all the transitions were right, the music cues were on point, the music was good, all that stuff. It's it's just a blast. And especially when I watch trailers for TV shows and movies, all that stuff just gives me a whole next level of inspiration for stuff that I would want to do on myself. That'll be here on next Friday on the third. Oh God, the thirteenth! Yikes! If twenty twenty wasn't bad enough, but let's go into some tech news, guys. Um, Intel have released their well. This was earlier on. Their somewhat new. I'll put that in quotes. Uh, i seven and i nine processors on their fourteen nanometer plus 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 to the sixty nine thousandth power uh, architecture. So that's something. Um, I've thought about possibly getting a 10700K, I believe it is, but I'm probably going to put off for now. Um, NVIDIA also released their new RTX 3000 series GPUs with their mid-range, the 3070 being faster than a 2080 Ti. And so far, the benchmarks have shown that they're pretty on par with the 2080 Ti's performance. So that's another great win for the price to performance category. Um... Over the past few years, I've kind of stuck with the 70 series, whether it be the 970, the 1070, and now the 2070 that's in my build right now. So more than likely, I'll probably be picking one of the Asus Strix 3070s up sometime soon-ish, but we'll see where we uh, go for the next of the year financially. Um, of course, not only did AMD show off their new Radeon GPUs, but also their Ryzen 5000 CPUs. And holy sh... Somebody, somebody call 911 because they murdered Intel. Okay? They murdered Intel. AMD busted out of the gate with a much improved IPC, instructions per cycle or instructions per clock, and historically, Intel's always done fairly well in that part of the arena, but they've been on 14 nanometer plus for just a long ass time, and it's it's not enough to keep up with AMD anymore. AMD's changes their, to their architecture and to their processes, I, I'm no fan of AMD personally. If you talk to me about tech on a somewhat regular basis, you know that I'm no fan of AMD, but I have to commend them for their absolute domination of the CPU market. We'll see where that goes. On to some more geeky shit. If you're a fan of the Mass Effect game series, the studio has confirmed that a remastered version of the Acclaimed Trilogy is coming out in spring of 2021, so that might be something to look forward to if you are a fan. Out of all of the shitty things that have occurred in 2020, there's one good thing that's come out of it for us geeks, and that is The Mandalorian. Now, we are into Season 2, and there will be some spoilers ahead, but we're going to do a quick recap of what we need in Season 2. 
First off, Rosario Dawson, we covered this in another podcast episode. Rosario Dawson has been cast as Ahsoka Tano. Um, she is Anakin Skywalker's apprentice from the Clone Wars animated series. Again, another reason why I need to watch the Clone Wars. Michael Bain from Terminator has also been cast. There was no listing on a character name, as far as I'm aware. We also need to know, and again, this is just a recap of season one. We also need to know where the Dark Saber came from, because there's only one. There's only one, and we need to know how Moff Gideon obtained it. We need to know how he obtained it. Did he get it during the Purge? Did he get it from Previsla during the Purge? Uh, we need to know what Baby Yoda's origins are. Um, as far as I'm aware, that's going to be explained, so we'll see. Something I found recently that's very neat is the Mandalorian show writers actually had hired a deaf actor to play one of the Tusken Raiders to create TSL, or Tusken Sign Language. They had actually done this because a hearing person who knew American Sign Language suggested it to the studio. So well done on you, Mandalorian, for implementing that. That is amazing, amazing job. Now there was a rumor that Pedro Pascal, or the Mandalorian himself, had reportedly jumped ship on Disney and Lucasfilm and decided to give up his mantle as Din Djarin. And the reason I saw in this article was, oh, Pedro Pascal wanted more scenes with his helmet off. But it's abundantly clear that he knew full well when he signed his contract that most of his screen time would be in the outfit, in the armor, in the suit, face covered. And I hadn't seen any further evidence of there being any truth to that theory. And then I found that Jon Favreau states that he's hoping that season three will start filming before the end of 2020. So fingers crossed this is the case and the Mandalorian story continues through next year. But if Jon Favreau comes out and says season three, we're going to start filming hopefully by the end of 2020, that essentially negates anything I previously saw about the show being canceled, or Pedro Pascal leaving the cast. Okay, finally, on to season two. Now, spoilers are ahead. If you have not watched The Mandalorian season two so far, please skip ahead to a timestamp that will be provided in the description of the episode in order to avoid them. Spoilers starting in three, two, one. Okay, in this beginning episode called Chapter 9, The Marshal, we were able to meet a new character named Cobb Vanth, otherwise known as the Marshal of Mospelgo, and that's a city on Tatooine. Now, the entrance and introduction of Cobb Vanth, played by Timothy Oliphant, freaked the shit out of me, and I think it freaked the shit out of everybody, but not for the reason that it was played by Timothy Oliphant, but because this slow spaghetti western introduction shot of him shows him standing at the door of a bar in the town wearing what is clearly Boba Fett's armor. No, no, no. The plaint is worn. The jetpack has a patch where it was damaged by Han Solo in Return of the Jedi, and it's very clearly been through hell. Now, Cobb's story explains how he escaped the takeover of the town by a group called the Mining Collective, and this is after the second Death Star was blown up. He escapes, he's rescued by Jawas, 
and he manages to barter with them by offering a Camtono of Silicax crystals. Now, Camtono is basically that type of security container. It's the same thing we saw that the client gave to Mando in Season 1 that was filled with uh, the Beskar steel. Not only did Cobb Vanth receive water from them, essentially... But he also noticed that they had the chipped away and worn Mandalorian armor of Boba Fett on the Sandcrawler, which they were able to give to him. He had taken the armor back, gone back to the town to get rid of everybody left in the mining collective who was in the town, essentially run them out. There was a great little nod to Iron Man in that scene, by the way, when he fires the rocket at the ship that they're essentially trying to leave in. That's a nod for John Favreau. Back to Iron Man, the first Iron Man, where he destroys the tank with the rocket on the suit when he goes to Golmira. Amazing callback. Cobb Vanth and the Mandalorian also ran into sand people on the way to take care of what's called a crate dragon. And they actually run into these little uh, dog-like creatures, the same ones that kind of hang out with uh, the Tusken Raiders, and they're called Massifs. They're actually the same creatures that we saw in the Tusken Raider camp in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. The same ones before Anakin you know, kills all the men and the women and the children too. Uh, Mando also speaks Tusken which is pretty fucking awesome. A little hilarious. It's, it's kind of a, a funky sounding language because there's also a Tuscan silent language mixed in, but uh, it's not something that we expected, to say the least. So Cobb Vanth and the Mandalorian, they basically have to go off on an adventure to kill this crate dragon that's been terrorizing the town of Mos Pelgo as well as the local sand people because the sand people want it killed too. And this is how Mando gets Boba Fett's armor back. Now, there's actually a very similar scenario from the game uh, Knights of the Old Republic, or KOTOR, where you actually go, you actually have to fight a crate dragon and get the pearl, as we see in the episode. Uh, and somebody on Blindwave said that whoever wrote this episode did a lot of really good Star Wars research, because that's very well. Because the pearl wasn't the main objective, but as Wikipedia says... Wikipedia, not Wikipedia, says that the pearl is basically a sign of bravery for Tusken Raider, Tuscan Raiders because they took down a crate dragon. And by the way, that R5 droid that you see in Moss Eisley, that's the same one from A New Hope. The same one that had the bad motivator that they were gonna, that uh, Luke and Uncle Owen were gonna try to buy from the Jawas. It's the same one. Um, New Rockstars has an incredible video covering all the Easter eggs, uh, which I'm gonna link to in the uh, episode details down below. At the very end, we see two binary suns on Tatooine and a mysterious figure looking out over the desert as Mando goes past on his speeder bike. He's got a gaffy stick on his back, and he's got a laser rifle of some sort. And as soon as I saw this, I flipped shit. Because when he turns around, it's a scarred Tamura Morrison, the same actor who played Django Fett and all the clones. It's Boba fucking Fett. Boba Fett is alive. I never... Never thought I would be so goddamn excited to see him. And watching other reactions online from the episode, like on YouTube, oh, it makes me so happy. It makes me so happy because there's been a storyline of his survival from the Great Pit of Carcoon. So 
maybe we'll finally be able to see that in live action. And I'm going to relate to that in the next part. Okay. Season two spoilers have ended. Now, another rumor that we've seen online in a couple places is that there is a possibility of delay in season three of The Mandalorian filming because they're going to start filming a Boba Fett miniseries. And I never thought I would say it either, but I'm super excited to potentially see Boba Fett in the flesh again because it's been alluded that he managed to survive the Sarlacc pit of Tatooine in Star Wars Legends, not once, but actually twice. So the first part of that story essentially says that when he fell into the Sarlacc pit at the end of Return of the Jedi, or midway through Return of the Jedi, he was able to telepathically make contact with the Sarlacc's consciousness, who identified itself as Susijo. Now, from Wikipedia, and I'm going to quote here, Susijo was the Sarlacc of the Great Pit of Carcoon. Formerly a male Choi, Susijo fell victim to the Pit of Carcoon on Tatooine before his consciousness was merged with that of the Sarlacc. Boba Fett had multiple conversations with Susijo, and it was able to goad it into contrasting around his jetpack. This caused an explosion that freed him from the Sarlacc's grasp, and then Boba Fett used concussion grenades to blow a hole in the wall of the Sarlacc in order to escape. Now, although the comics explain that Boba Fett ended up in the Sarlacc pit again, he still escaped again. So hopefully, if the rumors of a Boba Fett TV show miniseries on Disney Plus are true then we'll be able to witness this story in live action for ourselves. Contrast to another show, Ewan McGregor, the Lord Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, has confirmed that they are going to start filming the Obi-Wan or the Kenobi series in March of 2021. So we're a couple months away from this still. But I'm really, really, really hoping that they have something fantastic put up their sleeve. I've seen a couple concept trailers for basically what the show would look like online. It's okay if they're not fantastic. Obviously, again, they're concept and they're fan-made. They're good. But it just gives me so much hope as to what they could do, what Disney and Lucasfilm could do, and the writers, especially Dave Filoni and Deborah Chow, could do to make Kenobi's story come alive between the episode three and episode four. I am I am super pumped for that. So unfortunately. That's just about all I have for this episode, guys. Uh, We'll be closing it up now. However, I am planning to get more of these episodes out more frequently going into 2021. To end on a solemn but a reassuring note, we've all had a hell of a year, guys. We've been isolated from our friends and our families, and that can damage us mentally. But we are all strong. And not to quote High School Musical, but we really are all in this together. If you need to talk to anyone, or if someone you know needs to talk to somebody, be there for them. Be there for your family. Don't hesitate to reach out to mental health professionals. We all have our days, they're not permanent, and everyone can snap back from them. 
if you guys would like to inquire about being a guest on the show or emailing in any questions for a Q&A, please email in to the address down below. Thank you guys all for listening. Your support is much appreciated, supporting the podcast with downloads and streams. This podcast is, of course, live on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts, available for streaming right this moment, all five episodes so far. And until next time, this has been A Divine Intervention, and may your roads lead to warm sands.